Welcome to episode 73 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I cover chapters 135 through 138 of Tracy Wolf's Covet. And in this episode, Grace and Hudson and Flint and Remy and Calder are finally ready to attempt to break out of the prison. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 73, which honestly, I think that this collection of scenes these are some of the funniest in this entire and most stressful they are they are because like you you you've gone through what like a fourth of the book where they have this plan and then the plan just goes wrong which derails (laughs) and and it already wasn't a great plan (laughs) It's very much like D&D, where, like, as the dungeon master, you're like, this is the route you should take. And then you're like, okay. And then you just, you'd go, no, we're going this way now. Yeah. And the DM's like, no, 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 come back. Yeah. <laughs> come back. <laughs> You've gone off course. Cal- Calder is the one who definitely goes off course and messes everything yeah. up. But the, just, I remember yeah. reading that the first time and being like, no, you idiot. Um But guys, we're covering chapters 135 through 138, which for some reason I apparently wrote 1,138. We read a lot of pages today. Yeah, I read, uh, we read so many pages. Um, But if, (laughs) I I don't think we have a lot of um, spoilers today. It was kind of just a couple fun, really quick chapters before we get into the, the giants battle. Um, but be sure to listen to or listen for the wolf howl because if we do think of any spoilers or things we want to discuss along the way, um, that howl will indicate that we're getting into spoiler territory potentially for court and charm. Um, and if you guys didn't see it already, they have just made the announcement that when Cherish comes out, it will include all of the same bonus like additions that came out with charm including the shadow realm uh bonus god edition at damn it. god damn it <laughs> i know i'm gonna <laughs> my have... box is gonna take even longer well i'm probably i'm probably because it's it's a couple months i'm probably just gonna go ahead and i think it's like may right guys yeah the may... last time that i was in ohio and she was i'm gonna make you up a box that was a year and a half ago. <laughs> it was a year and a half ago. But there's but there's five it's it's Ooh. what, three months until it comes out. So I think that that justifies a separate a separate box. Um but I, I I will be going around and getting all of those bonus editions. That way we can all you know, when we cover Cherish, we can cover those bonus chapters with you guys as well. But um yeah, getting getting into the meat and potatoes. Last we left off, Grace was like getting a tattoo, and she wasn't allowed to know what the tattoo was. And so I, I actually have a story about this. So I found out my, my friend um, is going to get a tattoo. She's she, in a couple of weeks. She said it's going to be a Pokemon one. So I went, "Oh, who are you getting?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't know." And I'm like, "What?" what she goes yeah it's um it's a gumball machine like, oh i've seen like a that. lottery of like which pokemon i was like that would stress me out like what if you got like metapod you have to pay i think you can do it i think that you can redo it 
like there I, I can't remember the rules for it but the i've seen tattoo places where you, if you really really hate the pokemon you get you can pay to do like swing again yeah I, you you can yeah you can like get another gumball out of the machine i if I, I just thought like what if what if grace was like yeah okay this is a surprise and she's like i fucking hate it what have you done yeah and it like covers her whole arm it's not like a little like throwaway tattoo yeah and it's bright pink oh yeah she she, she actually it. really although maybe i think it's kind of growing on her i do too i think that no matter how much she says that she hates pink it she's associating it with macy yeah it's like people who was like oh here you go here's a corgi gift and i'm like i don't have that kind of corgi but now it's happened so much that i don't really care anymore well it's better than i get corgi gifts and i have a freaking <laughs> she- wrong breed at all. i have a <laughs> shiba inu and everyone buys me corgi things i'm like these are not even close to the same type of dog <laughs> uh, but they yeah. have ears yeah they both have ears <laughs> they both are can can be brown and white <laughs> yeah um so grace i'm gonna send you the weirdest dog breed things like they're not even a corgi like nothing that looks like sheba it looks just like amy it's like a scotty dog (laughs) anything with anything with a curly tail (laughs) um but so grace ends up getting her tattoo which we don't actually get any scenes of her getting the tattoo it's like she went in the tattoo shop (laughs) and now she's like yeah and then she's exiting the tattoo shop which you know, I just thought it was really funny how they have been rushing around saying, we only have a few hours. And then she proceeds to get the longest and most intricate and time-consuming tattoo ever because apparently it's a big vine with leaves and flowers and there's like little dew drops on the leaves, but it's completely made of dots, which I've seen um, mm-hmm. and, and they are very pretty, but... For one, that sounds like longer than a six-hour tattoo. Um, yes. And for two, if I was in a hurry, I would be like, yeah, just just do whatever. like Do it around my finger. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if it I, needed- I do think that it's definitely, like, iconic. Like, if you saw someone walking down the road with a vine tattoo like that, you'd go, oh, my God, have you read the Crave universe? But the problem is they could probably just go, no, I just, the, like, really like leaves. Like the what? <laughs> It's it's not like the um the Deathly Hallows symbol, which is like unanimously decided like that is the Harry Potter symbol. But yeah, I like I as much as I love the idea of the tattoo and it's really, really pretty, it's not very specific to the Crave universe enough for us to know exactly that. Because everybody's got this like their own idea of what it looks like. Yeah, it's not like Feyre's tattoo where everybody gets the moons like down their spine. Yeah, even the hand, uh, the the hand one with the eye, like you okay. can, like no one would choose to have that unless they would. Eh, here's the problem, uh, freaking um, daughter of smoke and bones does the same hand tattoos and with eyes. Yeah, oh. and um, Feyre's tattoo with the moon phases down her back. That's also kind of a a normie tattoo. So maybe we're we're just cursed with the whole tattoo trope. Yeah, I I that's why like when I incorporate I incorporated tattoos into my book the channel and 
I was so vague, like I described them in high detail so that you can, everybody has their own idea of what they are, but they're also so vague that everybody's going to have a different idea of it. And mine actually changes. Like I don't even have a solid idea of what my tattoos in the channel look like because they kind of change scene by scene, depending on how I, I was viewing them at the time. So there is the possibility that Tracy Maybe she saw like a picture of a tattoo and she kind of liked the general idea, but then she came up with, you know, maybe she saw a cool vine tattoo, but then maybe she saw some cool tattoos made out of dots and she created like a, her own mm -hmm. idea, which it would be cool if Tracy went and got like that tattoo that way. she Because then we would know. Right. She would have the official tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a vine, it's not like a tattoo you're going to regret. It's like it, it's just... You know, you can't say, oh, the thing is, at the same time, though, like you don't want to kind of force imagery on your readers either. Yeah. Because yeah. then it could be completely different to how they envisioned it. Like, for example, the whole Hermione debacle, like there are some people that just imagined her to be black and had no idea that everybody else in the world saw her as white. Mm -hmm. um, but like, imagine if JK came out and was like, oh, by the way, she was Indian. You'd be like, pardon? Right, right. I think that I thought that she did say that she was intended to be black, or maybe that was just me. I have no idea. Reading she, like, she's she's not a very nice person, so yeah, I don't really take too much credence <laughs> in what she says. <laughs> in fact, I I am swerving so far away from her that in my book, I'm deliberately putting non-binary and trans straight in from the off. Yeah. And being really obvious about it because as much as I want to um, write naturally at the same time, I want to future proof my book so that if it does take me 10 years to write, it's not something that's going to be so archaic and old and I have to suddenly swerve to be modern. Right, right. You don't want to be like Twilight where literally every single person is it's just a white, yeah. white, nor normie, button down shirt. And well, actually, I, I, I was going to say normie, but the, when I reread the scene in the meadow and I realized that Edward was wearing a white button down sleeveless shirt, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> a what? <laughs> yeah. A white button down sleeve, like sleeveless. Like a blouse? I'm thinking like a vest blouse. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. I mean, sleeveless. Bless maybe, him. Maybe she I meant there were ruffles. <laughs> maybe she meant or or the utterly indecent outfit where Bella he tells her that she's utterly indecent, but she's wearing a blue button-down shirt and a khaki brown skirt. Well, like, yeah. I mean, everybody would think that that's indecent. Huh. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting uh, the sweats just thinking about it. Yeah, there's. The, just, I, I always pictured the Twilight characters to be absolute just normies. But then when I really, really put it under a lens, I'm like, they're worse than normies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that they had a better wardrobe for the movies because it would have been an absolute disaster. But anyway, um, so uh, Grace gets her crazy tattoo and then her and Remy go to meet back up with the group and Hudson is at the undisclosed location that they definitely didn't re 
um, reiterate before they left. They just kind of went, bye. Me- yeah, they didn't say meet back at the taco place. They all just, <laughs> just kn- knew. <laughs> they all just knew to go back to the taco place because that's... In what- this place where they've never been before as well. It's not like it was like a a normal meetup place for them. This is the first time they've ever been here before. Yeah. Hudson doesn't know how to navigate anywhere. <laughs> But he's and also he's beat up and crazy. So yeah. maybe it was the only place he could find his way back. He's he's beat senseless, and mm-hmm. Grace Grace, you know, at first she's concerned about him, but then he's like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, like honey, baby, honey, baby." I don't know. Um, what? I, and I I noted that he called her honey baby because I was like, first of all, he doesn't really use any goofy pet names with her. He's called her babe a couple times, and it's been like she she's noted little, little it. Bit cringy, yeah. She's she's been like, oh my god, he called me babe. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I would hate to have any book like about myself because me and me and my husband will try to think of the stupidest pet names to call each other, and we we think of new ones like every few years. Like when we first got together, I called him my. Uh, I called him my McMuffin, <laughs> and then I changed it to Honey Bunches of Oats, and then it and then it was several iterations of Boo Boogle Bear, Boogly Bear, Boo Boo Berry Muffin, Boo Berry Boo, Boogie Bear. Boo, it just we've <laughs> yeah, it's the you, most you were colorful most in your adjectives vomit inducing list of things but then i was thinking about it and i'm like man it, H- hudson actually he's been pretty pretty mellow with the pet names like <laughs> yeah because it could be worse it could be worse but also grace could be worse as well you know I, how like somebody is like in the first relationship that they've ever been in and then they get a little bit go a bit overboard my with boo the pet names oh yeah. Um, the other thing that really, really, really grinds my gears is when people refer to their um, male partners as the boy. The boy. <laughs> oh, my, that is so insulting. My old man. Like, does he know? Does he know you're referring to him as the boy? <laughs> That's what you would call just, like it, your child. Go get the boy. <laughs> it just is really patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it makes him like he has a name. I'm sure he has a name. I say the hubs. I always say, Yeah, the hubs. Yeah, but that's not derogatory. That's not no. making him like sound less than what he is. Right. Or, like making him sound like he's not a man is like the boy. That means that he has absolutely no masculinity. He has no maturity about him. He is just like less than a teenager. He is a boy. Yeah. And that's what I have in my head when people refer to them. But maybe, maybe I'm just not in that subset of people where that is acceptable. If I if I called my husband a boy, he would be like, "Let me show you what a man looks like," <laughs> <laughs> and then do, proceed to do the helicopter. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or let a fart come out that is just. <laughs> That's that's your husband. He he did that nutshell. before. He did that after he set up for the podcast. He left me with a fire. So. <laughs> He's guys, <laughs> men are gross. Yeah, yeah, men are gross. So, me me and Amber have decided that if our husbands die in a fiery crash, we're just we're gonna sister wives. Yeah, we're gonna be sister wives. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, 
<laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> Flint and Calder come back, and and first it was Hudson who's just out of his mind, but Flint is blackout drunk, singing it from from he's singing Billie Eilish and uh, YMCA and BTS. What? BTS. And BTS, yeah, he's saying Dynamite, which I actually use Dynamite as my song that I did on the Flint Reel on the uh, Crave series aesthetic. Um, <laughs> he sang, he, oh, he sang Wrecking Ball. Yep. <laughs> so, he's, he's going through the big, big hits. I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it like the worst ever, like him just yelling it, you know, like yelling it and also kind of mumbling through some of the words because he's not quite sure what they are. <laughs> like the Billy, Billy Irish is bad guy song. I don't know the words. So he's just, unless the song is playing. Bad guy. <laughs> it's like just like that's my best rendition of it because I don't know the words. Yeah. So, and and Calder is just carrying him back, and Remy's pissed because he's like, "What the hell did you do to him?" And what's really funny is like Hudson was obviously fighting and getting worse off, but he couldn't he couldn't get out all of that like stupidity and being all like lovey dovey with anybody else until he got back to the table. Flint has probably been singing and being very drunk since he started to feel tipsy. Yeah. So Calder probably is a, <laughs> a few hours in. Yeah, even she seems Flint like she's like starting that. to get annoyed. She's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think there was a bit where Grace goes like, well, like, what can we do? Like, what can we do? How can we fix him? Like, coffee, get Flint coffee. But no, they're like, water, have some water. I keep forgetting that you're not drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so he probably is drunk, drunk. And they said that dragons metabolize their alcohol faster. But um, for one, that sounds like a terrible time because that means that you would have to it's drink. It's the most expensive day yeah. ever. Yeah, that would be expensive. And for two, I mean. if the he, he is the prince. He, ha he has money. Yeah. Not in prison, but he has money. <laughs> I mean, technically they do, because Hudson won, like, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so one of my notes got moved. So I skip skip one note. Um, <laughs> so they, they basically agreed to just go for it, to go talk to the blacksmith and try to get out. With, with the hope that Flint and Hudson will kind of sober up and they've they've convinced Flint to get up and walk by Calder basically saying that she'll do the YMCA with him. Um, he's like, okay, but you have to do the hand motions and everything. <laughs> um, and I noted YMCA in here because I've, did, did you know that I've seen the village people and there was like, no one there at the show and it was really sad mm -hmm. and it was a free show oh yeah it, it was at an outdoor like park in my hometown and they advertised it and everything and there was like i mean there were a lot there were a lot of people there for it being free but like not for a group that literally everybody knows who they are and what their songs their song is i think there's a similar story for coolio 
I sent Coolio a started a gig and no one came. <laughs> Can you? I was like, oh no. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being like a famous person and <laughs> no one showing up? That would be just depressing. You just like feel like you thought you made it, you reached your peak, and you're like, oh no, I know, I know, I know what will be great. I'll come out of retirement, do a comeback tour. <laughs> Literally, day one, you walk out on stage and it's crickets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This like nice little like paper flyer that you had put on a lamppost yourself because you don't have a team just flying. I made it, mom. I finally made it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's just bodyguards that you had to hire just stood there outside the ring looking at you really awkward. Like, who are we supposed to protect you from? <laughs> no one's here, dude. Hey, you know, it might be it might be a relief. It might if if it's just like one show out of a tour, nobody shows up. I'd be like, yeah, nice little break. <laughs> um so notes are a little bit jumbled but grace makes the offer to help sober hudson up faster by letting hudson drink from her um and first of all remy's like yeah we we really don't have the time for that which i thought was kind of funny because it's like oh we need to get you sobered up Here's here's this essential thing. You know, we've got time for tacos and tattoos, but this essential thing that could heal him. No, no, we don't we don't have time for that. Also, how long does drinking take? Yeah, just I mean, he he technically did get to, but I, he goes he goes about it really really weird. Like Hudson kind of goes like, oh no, I couldn't possibly do that in front of everybody. Like that's way too sexy. Yeah, I'm like no no no, that's our private time together. And it's like, dude. You need nourishment and you need healing. It's like receiving a bowl of chicken soup when you have the flu. But he's like, mmm, juicy erotic soup. Can't it's, possibly eat that in front of people. Yeah. I And I thought that it was really, it was really funny because I'm reading from Blood and Ash. And for everybody who's read that series, Hudson is literally the opposite of Castile. Because Castile, he's just like... He doesn't give a shit who's in the room. He's like, come here. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me bite you. Num, 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 num. And, um, and then Grace said that <laughs> she, she said that she gave him a little bit from her wrist on the, during the walk. And all I was thinking about was like, imagine holding your wrist like up and outward, which I'm doing right now. And and someone biting down on your wrist and just walking with them, like, hanging on your wrist. Like, the way that you would walk if you were, like, if you had, like, a Vulcan perched on your arm. Except it's Hudson with his little hands, both of his little hands grabbing her wrist. Like, like leading a child been, around the been, grocery. Would have been much more efficient for her to give, like, be a piggyback and then, like, wrap her arm around his mouth. Yeah, she could be like a little backpack, like like little Yoda riding little right. picnic backpack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's not very sexy, of course. So therefore, it probably won't be written in. Better but, hang on uh, tight, si- sp- Spider Monkey. Sp- 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 so if any, yes, if anybody's writing uh, some vampire fiction uh, and you need some um, actual scientific poses that would work ergonomically for um, blood sharing, blood pack, piggyback. blood, blood, piggyback. There's an episode. Yeah. There's the episode title right there. Yep. Blood piggyback. piggyback. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a little, little like jetpack of, <laughs> of blood. <laughs> like a, what are they called? Camelbacks. Those. <laughs> it's a fanny pack. Yeah. <laughs> Grace the fanny pack. <laughs> um, so they get to the blacksmith. And I'll tell you what, the last, the, both encounters with the blacksmith, they just piss me off. <laughs> he's I, I really hate i really hate the blacksmith he's he's kind of an asshole he does not listen he does not shut the hell up he's not in very many scenes so yeah i'm glad because i don't i don't like him he make i mean yeah but they they well i guess i guess your your note comes before that why our notes are all shuffled up that might be my fault um I don't know, but yeah, they 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 try to um, they well they give a flower to this giant and then go, hmm, it didn't work, and he immediately like starts accusing everybody like you lied. liars, you liars, and um, the fact that uh, the sound of his voice didn't really get written in, like if if somebody raises their voice and gets quite loud, because they're like accusative and everything like that, like it's quite loud, right? It's quite in your face. This guy must have lungs four times the size and vocal cords four times the size. And he must have a really deep voice. It would just like, you would feel so threatened and so small and diminutive. And then like Hudson's like, hey, don't threaten my mate. (laughs) Yeah. But I can just imagine him going up against him and, and like Hudson's tall, but he's not giant tall. And it just reminds, like, almost like a toddler, like, getting in the middle of a fight, like, hey, don't be mean to my friend. She's trying to be nice. <laughs> and then and then it says that Vander looks like he's going to hit Grace. And I'm like, hit her? <laughs> it could just flick her. Right. And she'd go through a window. Right. <laughs> what do you mean to hit her? Like, And she's human right now. She has absolutely no way of stopping that. Smash her like a pancake. <laughs> um... And then uh, Calder, um, obviously, like, is trying to defuse the situation. And I'm just like, like what a fucking surprise that this plan failed. Yeah. What, what a surprise. And they're trying to figure they, out, like, the reason that it failed. They're like, maybe, yeah, maybe it, wasn't, be- it wasn't just a use of a flower. It was a waste of a flower. And then they were going to waste another flower to see whether two flowers would do it. Yeah. And then, and then Calder eats one just to prove the point that they do work and she's like I, I can just picture it so clearly how she's just so cocky she just like grabs it and she's like see it worked and then she just falls over dead <laughs> yeah and then everybody starts arguing about how they're like well no well she's not gonna stay here we're gonna take her with her which completely makes the, the plan backfire because the whole point would be that somebody finds her dead and then they would throw her over and she'd be free yeah they could, they could have been a guaranteed freedom thing for her. But apparently, no, they have to carry her. Then Vanda starts getting this high horse about how they were going to carry her, but we're just going to leave him once he'd taken his flower. And they're like, dude, you do realise that you weigh about a ton, right? Yeah. Like, would he... Do, we, do you reckon he actually thought that they would carry him? He got he got very... Like, he went from being all rawr to being like, you were going to leave me? Like... <laughs> Like, well, yeah. I mean, realistically, what, how would the guards even, I mean, 
then not I'm just saying I'm just saying that I know I know how they have to sometimes remove um two large humans from rooms where they can not fit through the door and sometimes they either have to remove a wall from the house which that's not possible because I think I'm getting the idea that Vander is outside like his like this area where his oven and everything his furnace it's it's like outside in an alley um so that wouldn't work the other option is that they cut them up to smaller yeah. pieces to move them more easily. Because yeah. I know someone who they had to do that with. So what if they cut him up before he woke up? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, how else are they going to move him? So maybe this it's is true. The, maybe this is for the best. Maybe it's for the best. I would rather I would rather the plan go awry than you know the creepy demon mooses have to come out and chop him up into pieces and then him not even know he wouldn't even know he would just cease to exist. It'd be awful. Yeah. So I in a way, even if the plan re- went really bad, maybe. Maybe it's good that it went this way because realistically, where the heck, where the heck would they, would the guards even remove and put a giant? They're not just going to toss him. They kept saying, throw him over the fence. When, when have we heard about a fence? Never. Yeah, they're just now saying. They never mentioned, yeah, they never mentioned a fence. And they also never mentioned how the, um. The, the traders left because they, they were saying like the traders were packing up because the time had come. Short to like four, curfew four and people, hours. People were running. Yeah, four hours. They were run. People were running back to their cell, which meant that they really did not want to get um, late passes or whatever it was. At no point did they just try and pretend to be a vendor. Sneak just walk out. Yeah, sneak into the back of one of the. They could just punch one out, swap clothes, just walk out. Yeah, other than the giant. Uh, also, they would have the issue of the whole, like, they're wearing a bracelet within the bracelet within a bracelet, but... Yeah, and it might beep. Beep, beep, beep. But then they have Vanda, who literally made them, so if anybody was able to get them off, it would have been him once he got out as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he he's. it sounds like he's got all the equipment to make stuff. He could have busted those bracelets off immediately. I just, I just, they're just, the, the plan is so half-cocked. And just silly. But they had a plan. <laughs> Apparently Remy had a plan B the whole time, which was to go knock on this beautiful golden door, which Grace immediately identifies as being real gold somehow. As she bites it. She bites it. <laughs> she, has, <laughs> she has one of those little things that they use at like the pawn shop to like tap to the ring to be like, oh, yes. <laughs> that is real. She, um she also like, it's like, oh, can we use my tattoo now? And then he's like, no, there's even more of a, like, a less of a shot. Yeah. Like, he believes in that one even less. He made us sit through six hours of pain being stabbed with a needle multiple times to have a permanent feature on her body to basically say, I'm not really sure whether it's going to work. I mean, good on him for having multiple layers <laughs> of security. Like, that is, 
definition of anxiety. So, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I love that he he's a what ifs. Yeah, he's got like he had like the money backup plan to be able to buy their way to well, what was the first plan? That's with with the money. What I want to know is they went. Well, he knew that they only had three flowers. Uh-huh. And he knew that Grace would only give him a flower when she knew she was free. But is buying their way out a possibility? I think it was going to have to be. Like, he, I think he already knew that they were going to have to buy the way out for three of them. I would have just he went just with that plan first. Yeah, but it was like whether they had enough money. And they didn't know that they had enough money um, until Hudson, like, won all of the fights. But then the, they, the price apparently changed to buy their mm-hmm. way out. But I don't think that he, they, he even told anybody, like, we need to make the most money possible because this will buy us our freedom. You'd think that the others would have definitely put a bit more effort into the beginning of the 12 bloody hours that they were there to make money instead of spending it on tacos. Or they could have been doing some money, or doing some money. They could have been doing money. No, they could have been making more money in the hacks, doing more gambling every day. Well, I think that they were we were going to, but they just started to deteriorate. They had no. Oh, okay, yeah. But Grace and uh, and Remy, they had no problem. So why weren't they be, be the ones that were betting? Flint and Hudson and Calder were the ones that were having to go into the chamber every time. Yeah. Yeah. Silly, silly plans. Yeah, Remy should have explained all, all. Okay, so here's our first plan. All of, the, all of the options, yeah. If this plan doesn't work, we'll do this. If that plan doesn't work, we'll do this. And if none of those mm-hmm. plans work, then we'll try to buy our way out. It's like, I communicate, communicate. Yeah. And it was like they didn't practice a conversation with Vander at any point either. Like, look, we've got to convince this guy to come with us. His wife has been waiting for her thousand years outside. She's got this promise ring that he's not taken off. Like, what are we going in there to tell him? Like, what are we going in there to, to persuade him to come with us? Or do you reckon that he'll be willing to come as long as we can free him? Like, they, they don't go in with any plan. They just go, oh, hey, you should come with us. And he's like, I don't want to. I'm, I've got quite a good kind of digs here. I'm, I'm uh I've got a good deal here. As long as I make the uh, cells, I don't get beaten up. And they're like, that's not good enough. And he's like, that's good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, they have absolutely no diplomacy for the way they argue their point. They are teenagers, though. And I remember at that age, just being like, yeah, my my amazing idea will work with no thought in my head about what would happen if it didn't. Yeah. Maybe that's where my anxiety came from. Too many failed <laughs> too many failed plans. Now I overplan yeah. for everything. Yeah. So they're they're stood in front of this golden door and uh, Hudson starts kind of noticing her like ripped jumpsuit and her new tattoo and he's like, Mmm, sexy new ink. Like the like the flirting is really subpar is what I would say. Yeah. Would you would you agree? Um like when the, he's like, it's really sexy, and then she goes, "You're really sexy," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then and then Grace, he, come on. He's like, maybe you got some wings on your back, and I was like, oh god, such a no. No offense to anybody who has wings on their back, but I when I picture wings tattoos on the back, I picture like a 2006 tattoo. 
And then what else? What else did he say? But besides the uh, hot on uh, hot on her ass with his with his initials name. on. And then yeah, but I think about that and I'm like, my mom has a tattoo of with a heart with my dad's name in it, and she's been with like five other people since her and my dad divorced. <laughs> so and she's still so. Then I think about that and I'm like, oh, don't ever. Don't ever. Never tattoo somebody's name on you. Don't don't ever. It's a kiss of death. I don't know if you've been. Yeah. I, I would if like my husband and I, we're going on 13 years this month. So I think like if we hit 20 years after that, it's like, yeah, why not? But how long has she realistically been even seeing Hudson? Three, four months. Yeah. Well, I guess if you count <laughs> Shadow, Shadow Realm. I don't know. We have no idea. Yeah, there's no, there's no way to even know. Um, but yeah, um, and it, the flirting kind of gets to a point where it's a little bit heated, and then she's like, "You should find out when you take my clothes off," kind of thing. Um, and Flint's like, "Oh my god, will you two just do it already? We're like really bored of your sexual frustration." And then he hits back. He's like, "It's not frustration. It's foreplay." And I was like, "Oh." Weird things to say to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a, you just like I'm I I don't know about you, but I would be really pissed that my boyfriend kind of let slip that we had already had sex without my kind of say so that it would be okay to say. What? If he took my virginity, like literally last weekend. Was that how it, no, wait, okay. He didn't, I don't think he did take her virginity. But it wouldn't matter because now Flint knows. Yeah, that they've. I, I like, no, nobody would say that. It's not frustration, it's foreplay. If there, would, there, there wasn't that kind of like, it's okay, we've already done it. Yeah. And it would, it would, I would feel really outed, and I would feel really like my privacy was on display. And I, I obviously know that we're flirting like in public, but it's not like we've had a private moment to share in the last week. Yeah, but yeah, I would be really like, like not not offended or anything, just mortified that he thought that it was okay to just like blurt out that it's like, no, nah, it's okay. We did it behind the bins earlier. <laughs> like, that's not okay. Like even as a joke. Unless I am also of the same humor, because then it kind of sets you out on a, an even like living playing field. The thing is, this whole scene, like everything that's happening with all the stress, like it, being flirty would be the absolute last thing on. I would be so unpleasant. Like no, but at the same time, it, it's a good distraction. So if she's accepting it and she's kind of flirting back, even if it is really poorly, like at least it's kind of continuing the thing. And I understand that from Flint's point of view, he doesn't really want to be involved in it, and he does kind of make the joke. He's like, "Come on, could you just to like get it, like just find a room?" And like Hudson's basically said, "Oh, don't worry, we already found a room." Yeah, uh, I, that was private. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No. Um I can I can definitely see it. I I feel but like Jackson's already done the same. I feel like it's an unnecessary 
pissing contest because Hudson mm-hmm. still kind of has, he still acts almost like he's trying to, I don't know, like he thinks that he's going to not, not, like he thinks that Flint is, is like got an angle, even though he knows that Flint is gay and he still kind of acts like, but he did bring up Luca. He did say something like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I should teach give Luca. Give some tips to Luca. Yeah. yeah which is tips. even weirder. Yeah. That, that made it. Like, let me, let me teach Luca how to have foreplay. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, dude. But yeah, there was a scene in um, in Crave where um, Jackson kind of lets Uncle Finn know he's like, "Oh, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for her to put her clothes on or something like that." Like it was really, really inappropriate. Yeah. Like I just felt like this wasn't the same because it wasn't to a family member, but it's, it was still outing their relationship when she probably wasn't ready for that to be out in the open. Yeah, like it was like I, I like when you are with um a partner for the first time, and then you go back to like your girlfriends, and they're like, "Oh, so did you do it?" Like you feel like either you want to spill everything, or you want to be like, "Oh, like I say, that's actually private, and I don't want to talk about it yet." I'm I'm a spill everything person. Same. Um. Uh, yeah, I tend to overshare. I don't know whether you got that from uh, my <laughs> podcast or not. But at least it's from my own point of view. Like, I'm the one that's saying I overshare. But if my husband overshared things about my private life and what we did in the bedroom, I would feel mortified. Because I would feel like it was a pissing contest. Like, I feel like it would be like, well, my wife does this. Does your wife do that? (laughs) Or my wife doesn't do this and we're terrible and uh, we need uh, sexual help and (laughs) seek a therapist. (laughs) She does this thing with her elbows and I don't really understand why. (laughs) Asses and elbows, asses and elbows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so they they get inside this room, and it's all purple and gold, and there's a big throne in the middle of the room that is purple with gold pillows, and there is what is described as a 10 to 11-year-old little boy, and... I can't remember if it was Grace or Hudson, but one of them is like, is he okay? And this child is just the snootiest, most obnoxious, like, Game of Thrones Joffrey ever. (laughs) Yeah. All all I'm imagining is gourd. You know, the word like G-A-U-D, gourd, gourdy. Yeah. Like everything is like over the top. Where he needs to show his wealth in any way, which way possible, even if it's terrible taste. Yeah, I've, and then I was thinking about it, and uh, because my child, I mean, she's today is her birthday. She's uh, just turned eleven. But then I was like, what would this room actually look like if it was a a ten year old child who ran? The prison. Well, first of all, <laughs> Minecraft everywhere. This room, <laughs> this room would be just like Nintendo Switch and Minecraft, and everything would be described as being sus and cringe and clutch. And what? Clutch. Yeah. And oh god, 
my husband. Oh my god, you came in. You came in clutch with this interior decorating. I'm like, thanks. My husband is taken <laughs> to saying clutch, and I'm like, please stop, please. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> quit. You sound like one of those old people who tries to like be hip with the kids. Oh, like you remember the phase where all of the um, the mums started saying things like amazeballs. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no, that's stop. epic. <laughs> it's like stop. Oh, epic it's fail. Our word, okay. <laughs> was that, that wasn't an, even a good word? That was an epic fail. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Basically, little asshole. He's a git. My little asshole. Um, my little asshole. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my little asshole has decided that the price to break out of the prison has gone up because apparently uh, Cyrus has paid more money to keep via wire transfer. Through what? Yeah, through a wire transfer. It's like, it's like the, if anything sounds illegal, it's like saying wire transfer. Going to Western Union and doing. It's, it's come from the Bahamas. Yeah, <laughs> to keep to keep his son in jail, which that tells you that Cyrus definitely has a major hand in this prison. Um, yeah, but he doesn't care too much about Grace. No, <laughs> because Grace could have gone. Okay, well, what about my freedom? How much do you want for that? Yeah, they could have just left Hudson. Yeah. He could take the last flower. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, he's dead. Yeah. Um, um, and then he said, and then, like, Vanda is, like, a, a no-go as well. He's like, absolutely not. Will not let my my favorite giant leave. Um, and so now, Hudson, maybe you just have to kind of fight Ogus and Bogus. I don't remember their names. Ogus and Bogus. And um, you're going to gonna fight them to, to your, for your freedom. Didn't they say they called it? He called them Frickin' Frack or something like yeah. that. Frickin' <laughs> Frack. I can't remember what their names actually were. I thought they were trolls, not giants. But, yeah, no, they're giants. I know that makes it worse because they literally are, they literally have a giant. So it's not like a weird, grotesque creature. It's a normal, I was picturing something like the, the trolls from Lord of the Rings. Oh, see, you know, I, I was thinking of the Titans from Hercules (laughs) (laughs) with the really big muscle calves. I was picturing something like, I don't know why I pictured them like blue, like. Very inhuman. Troll like. Yeah, like troll, troll like creatures. Um, yeah, I did, I did kind of think they're like actually sending Hudson and Grace to go and fight Frick and Frack or whatever their actual names are was actually probably one of the most humane things that he could have done because he could have absolutely been psychopathic. Because if Joffrey was king of prison he would have said okay grace and hudson you're in the ring and you're fighting against vanda winner gets to go free or each other yeah he's like i'm only letting one out but if grace and hudson kill vanda they're free but they'll never get the crown and then if vanda kills grace and hudson he's never gonna make well, he's, he's made them the key, but the key will never be used. 
I mean, really, that would be the the best case scenario for Vander, because then he can still just go home. <laughs> yeah, he's, he can still go home, but nothing happens. Like, no one no one bests Cyrus. I mean, Vander doesn't even seem to be pissed at Cyrus at this point. He's just like, oh, I didn't realize my wife was still alive. Okay, cool. Let's go home. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I just, I, I had a thought and I was like, oh my God, just imagine if he just went, actually, you're going to fight each other. The winner gets to go free. Yeah. And they need everyone in that group to get free. Otherwise it was pointless. I love how, I love how like everybody else just gets to wait and like Grace and Hudson mm-hmm. get lowered down into this platform where there's already an arena where Grace can smell popcorn and there's already like cheering. So this has already all been prepared. Like, yeah. So, you, you know, um, there was a scene when they were walking through the streets of the pit and there was a big boom and like big, big noises. And I'm not sure whether that was Vanda the blacksmith because it wasn't, it was straight after that scene where she'd heard this big noises, but she didn't go, oh, this must be the sound. Like this must be what the sound was. It was quite disconnected. It wasn't like a, there was a sound and I didn't know what it was. Oh, there's a blacksmith smacking metal. This must be what it is. I'm wondering whether the boom was a foreshadowing or like the leading to the fact that they have an arena here with giants that are literally oh. throwing things against walls. Yeah. But yeah. Because this is, it's either something that happens so frequently that they're just always prepared or they've been preparing for Grace and Hudson to have to do this. Which would sound about right, considering the whole, like, hex issues, the chamber issues, the pit issues. Like, literally everything has gone wrong. But it, And then, literally, they get there, and I think that somebody must have told Cyrus that Hudson was almost out. Someone must have. Yeah, he's weak right now. Because how would Cyrus have known that right then was when he needed to send more money? Like, minutes before. Yeah. Yeah. And at no point does Flint kind of pipe up and go, well, how much did he pay? Because my mum will pay twice. Yeah, right? Like, his mum is probably re- richer than Cyrus. Yeah. Like, she's a dragon queen. She has a horde. And at no point, he's like, oh, you're talking money? Oh, if you want money, call Nuri. Yeah. Which uh-huh. makes it even less likely that it was about money to begin with. Because when they said, oh, okay, well, how much did you want? And he's like, um, well, actually, um, no matter what, Cyrus will be on my case anyway. So maybe not. I don't want any money for you. I just want you to leave. Right. Fight to the house. death instead. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was very much like, I've received this blood money, but even if you paid me more, I don't want to set you free because then Cyrus will be on my case. Yeah. It, it was really a way to execute them. It just, mm-hmm. he, he sent them to what he thought was going to be a way to get rid of them. So what do you think he spends his money on more gold pillows? <laughs> like that must've been an extortionate amount of money. Yeah. I don't know. Because he said, was it a hundred thou each? Yeah. So that's 600,000 that they had raised. And he's like, nah, not enough because the King has paid me even more. Did he say double or am I making that up? 
he didn't even say what the, the total was now. He just said that it was too just much. insurmountable. It was yeah. just too much. And then he was like, but you can fight to the death and then win and then they'll be fine. But he knew that he was sending Grace and Hudson into literally a match that they probably would never win. Yeah. So I, I think he would just saw it as a way out of not accepting any more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, So we've only got the one spoiler and honestly, it's not even really a spoiler um but go ahead and no it's not go ahead and bounce out um, though if yeah if you haven't read charm or not charm court just in case if you haven't read remy's book yeah the remy's book that isn't because there are people th- th- this is the problem is there are, there are people that are going to be listening to this in about a year's time you're right you're right so if you haven't read remy's book <laughs> <laughs> that isn't out yet and doesn't even have a date <laughs> nope or name does it have a name yeah, Sweet Vengeance. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't fit any of the others. No, it but really it's is a spin-off. different series, though. So, Which is funny. The key that's on the front is literally a, a supply that I use for my jewelry. Could be Vanda's key. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little, but it's a little tiny heart-shaped key. I literally have, like, a whole drawer of, like, a hundred of those tiny keys. Well, I think you need to make sweet vengeance keys. I don't need to do anything with them. They're ready to go. And what really drives me crazy is the picture that whoever did the cover for that book, there's a tiny hole in the front of the key where you're supposed to insert a gemstone and it's just hollow. (laughs) Which means that they used a stock version of that key without it even being customized. So there's just a hole in the middle. Well, I want one. I've got, I I have them. I think they're all silver, but, and the one on Sweet Vengeance is bronze, but who wants a bronze key? No one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, put one in, put one in my box. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, your, your one little spoiler. Yeah, my one little spoiler is like, do you think that, Ka- so I, I said Karen. <laughs> Sharon. Karen. Sharon. Sharon. Karen will be in Remy's book. Because it seemed as though Remy had some unfinished business when they left the prison. Because they, they all left. And then Remy's like, I'll, I'll catch up with you. Yeah. We don't know how the prison ended. We don't know whether he did, in, in, like, in fact, blow a hole in the prison. I think he said he did. I think somewhere in Charm they do say that he, to- that he totaled the prison. I thought okay. for sure that that happened. I do also think it's really funny that at this point in time when Grace has been like kicked into the gladiator ring he hasn't like done anything with the, ta- the tattoo he's not secured his power so if she did die he's got nothing he could and he could have passed some power to her like before the battle yep would have been a perfect way for her to test the theory yeah so could have no i'd flint maybe i don't know i think that remy's the only one who can do anything right now she could have just touched Karen accidentally. Oopsie. K- Karen. Thank you. Sharon. <laughs> Why didn't she try and do it to the giant? I don't know. He's not wearing any cuff. Are giants magical on their own? Or are they just big? Does she steal magic or just channel it? I think she just channels it. She's a cu- So she couldn't sap it. She couldn't like siphon it out and go, oh no, what have I done? You're now weak. Boo-hoo. Says she's a conduit. But yeah, I'm just kind of wondering whether she could just use that as a way of like, if like close quarters, she just like saps out 
magic. Zap, zap, zap. And then, and then uses it back on them before they've got a chance to recover. I'm not sure. I think that they, I think she needs to be in contact to use it because when she's, when she's done it with Macy, Macy's kind of used her as a ground in that moment. Yeah. She doesn't really like. But it was very, it was very static though. It was, it wasn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Mid battle. She's not like a, like a power bank that just like holds <laughs> the power for. Yeah. Like, charge me up. Yeah, charge, charge me up. That sounds like a... I, I also don't think that any of the other gargoyles in the court scene ever used that as a gargoyle fighting style. So maybe it's not a thing. It's, a, it's exclusive to Grace. Um, And there, I do have a charm spoiler, and I just wondered whether you had a... This is nothing to do with this scene. Um, So drop out if you haven't read Charm. Um, but there's the the gargoyle that's frozen, Artelia. Yeah. Was she mentioned in court? No. Because someone said in, in one of the Crave book groups on, on Facebook that they're one of the same person. Because they're like, is this the same Artelia? And they go, yeah, she's the same Artelia. And I'm like, wait, what? In, is she, so we need to read court. Like when in the courtyard at the gargoyle court, frozen. Maybe, because that's where she would have been. Yeah, I don't know. I think that we'll have to. I think that we need to read it because, like, that was like it seems like a massive thing that I'm like I just breezed over that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I thought she was completely like unattached to court and was just she'd been there the whole time. I have no idea. Because we actually have, we have no idea what time it is in the Shadow Realm. Like, the whole time they're there, we don't actually know when that was. Yeah, because time is passing so, so slow there, when in the real world it's only been, like, a couple weeks. And yeah, and then, um, you know how she gets unfrozen, but then she gets touched by Dragonfire? And immediately dies. <laughs> and immediately dies, but does she die, or does she get put into uh, a different place in time maybe i don't know wouldn't hudson recognize I, I her thought that Art- i thought that artelia was the name of the gargoyle queen that they had before i'm not sure well i think we'll probably know within like what probably got like five more episodes of covet and then and the gargoyle court is quite early on yeah in court wasn't it yeah in, in comparison to the rest of the massive book. Will I have my physical copy yes. before we start? Oh, okay, yep. cool. All right. I don't want to do it via Kindle. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's nicer. To, and, and especially because you can see, like, how close you are to the end. Um, well, also, it's like I can flick through, find the chapter that I know the next scene starts, and then, like, put my finger in, and, like, that's when I'm going to stop reading. Yeah. On a Kindle, you have no idea when the next scene starts yeah you can't put like bookmarks and stuff (laughs) physically in it (laughs) all right well guys um thanks so much for listening um we are very very close to the end of covet and then we'll be moving on to court and yeah the, it, I'm. I think that within like the next five episodes, we'll be able to move on to court, which should be fun because I've got a lot of questions now that I think that we need to kind of seek answers to um, through our reread of court. But thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.